0: On today's Locked on Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. The offense breaks out. Rudy Gobert is ejected. SGA gets 30 points again. And Josh giddy looks incredible. We'll talk about all of it on today's Locked on Thunder podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City
1: Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team Every day
0: working on the weekend, let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor in chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LloThunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder beating the Minnesota Timberwolves to tip off a five-game road swing. SGA has 30 points again. And the young players really show up. Today's show is going to be very, very, very fun. Let's start the way we always do with our game overview. Chad Holmgren was out. Of course, he's out for the season. He did make the trip, though, and did look good in his little pregame uh, warm-up video from Joe Mazzotto on Twitter. Uh, he looked good in that little warm-up video, and he's in Minnesota on this road trip because, of course, he's from Minnesota. Uh, Lindy Waters, Eugene Marui were both out those were the only people on the injury report. Of course, Lindy Waters and Eugenio Maruri are out because of uh Julia assignment, not because of any injury or anything like that, but uh, it is not due to injury. So that means that the Thunder got back SGA who missed the game on Wednesday against the Spurs. Also got back Mike Muscala who had been out with a pinky fracture. However, Isaiah Joe, Mike Muscala, Aaron Wiggins, and Jalen Williams out of Arkansas did not play due to coach's decision. Minnesota, was without Carl Anthony Towns. This started an 11-day road trip that features five games, all five that are against playoff teams. The Thunder will enter and leave and go across four different time zones in this 11-day trip. OKC starts out with SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Poku and Jerry. The Thunder five-minute getters, like who had the most 5 minutes on this on this team? SGA, Josh Giddey, Lou Dort, Jerry, Jalen Williams of Santa Clara. So let's dive into the big moments from this game as the Thunder win and you get a bonus podcast as where you kept every single game on the Lockdown on Thunder podcast. Plus, we hear here five days a week, Monday through Friday. So subscribe uh, for free across all podcasting platforms. Also here after every games that fall on the weekend as well. Uh, so in this one, it starts out actually with Kenneth Williams and Rudy Gobert as the lead story, not SGA, who had 33 points. So Rudy Gobert gets ejected in this game in the second quarter. So Kenny Hustle hits a floater over Rudy Gobert. The two get tangled up on the floor after the floater. Kenny Hustle gets up, tries to go down the floor, and as he tries to run down the floor, Rudy Gobert trips Kenneth Williams, and then Kenneth gets in his face and starts to fight, but then Dave Bliss, the Thunder assistant coach, and J-Dub run over and break it up. Afterward, Desmond Bain tweets out that Kenny Hustle is not the one to mess with, which I agree. Rudy Gobert goes out after just nine minutes of play, and Minnesota had an offensive outburst. They had 30 points scored whenever Rudy Gobert leaves the game. They end this contest with 128 points scored, a lot of that due to the fact that Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns were not on the floor, so it was just Anthony Edwards lighting it up. D'Lo also had a really good game uh, who's been struggling some in the last couple of seasons. D'Lo had a really good game in this one. It's got to suck for Minnesota. You know, Can you just imagine for a second, as Thunder fans freak out, You know, unfortunately they freak out over the SGA-Josh Giddy pairing, and they prematurely uh, try to judge that pairing. Can you imagine what Minnesota fans are doing right now with, with Rudy Gobert, who you traded six first-round picks for? and it's just not seeming to work, and they look better without Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns on the floor. It must just be chaos over there. Go listen to lockdown Wolves for more, for more on that story and more on that pairing. But this altercation, this kind of weird situation, ends up starting a, a trickle effect of just seven technical fouls, I think it was called, six or seven technical fouls called in this game, and just a weirdly officiated game. Uh, Minnesota fans, of course, think that this game was left in the ref's hands, but it did also lead to Kenny Hustle taking this game personally. He had his best game of a season, 15 points, three rebounds, two assists. He went two for three from three, shot 85% from the floor, and he drew a charge his 10th of the season, which really helped kind of squander some of that Minnesota momentum uh, and in, of course, Minnesota's possession with that charge. Kenny Hustle played really well. Uh, and he was set up nicely by his guards, obviously. And Rudy Gobert, just there's there's no room for this dirty act. Like, there's there's nothing more to say about the play. It was dirty to try to trip somebody. Uh, even Minnesota fans agree that it was a flagrant, too, and he deserved the ejection. And so you just look forward now to December 16th, where I assume that the Paycom Center crowd will not have a very kind reaction to Rudy Gobert. They booed him in the season opener, uh, you know, way back in October. Now they actually have like a really legitimate reason to boo from this season, uh, much less his past transgressions. So I think that the fans will give him an earful whenever he comes back to Oklahoma City on December 16th uh, in this game, and and likely that'll be a good crowd. You'd imagine, you know, it's holiday break, and more people are off work, uh, getting ready for the holidays and everything, and it's just a fun activity to do uh, with maybe your school-age children who are not in school right, right at that moment. So you'd imagine it'd be a pretty good crowd as well. Uh, on December 16th. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch that one. But correct to Kenny Hustle who had a really good game. Speaking of really good games, SGA 33 points in this one, nine first quarter free throws. Now it only ends with 12 in the whole game, but nine first quarter free throws for SGA. He goes 12 for 12 from the free throw line. He makes 33 points, six assists, three steals, a block one for two from three, 58% from the floor, Only missed seven shots all night. He's such a creative player playing in 37 minutes in this one. The thing with SGA, I think that eventually fan bases will get upset with the amount of foul calls that he gets and him living at the line. But I I, want to see how they get upset, right? Because with Luka and with James Harden, it's easy. It's easy to upset those guys going to the free throw line because they're hooking your arm and that's not real basketball and it kills all the flow. The only way that SGA is getting fouls is by attacking downhill and you slapping his arm and you pulling him down and you just fouling him as he has a full head of steam going to the rim and his creative, uh, herky jerky moves to get to the rim and score. Like that's how he gets his foul calls. So that's a lot harder to hate on than, than just, you know, what Luca and, and Harden do. But as we know, that won't stop fans from being, getting upset and frustrated by their team being just abused by SGA at the free throw line. Because, What's so difficult about defending SGA and and, and watching him tear up your team is you can have nights like tonight where he misses seven shots, shoots efficiently, gets to 33 points, and also uses those 12 free throws to do it. You can also have nights where he shoots 18 free throws, shoots like 40% or less from the floor, and still gets 33, 35 points uh, in the game. Like He can have those kind of nights as well. There's just no stopping him. You can only hope you can somewhat contain him, uh, and this was his 16th game of 30-plus points, which leads the NBA uh, in that category. He's been a superstar, and I was glad to see him back in Minnesota after missing that game against San Antonio following that fall in New Orleans. Coming up, we'll talk about Josh Giddey and how he played tonight as well. But first, I want to say right now, about our good friends over at Online, folks. BetOnline is there for you. You could have bet at uh, betonline.ag.net. Uh, you could have been on this very game uh, with Minnesota against Oklahoma City. The Thunder were five-and-a-half-point underdogs in Minnesota. You could have been on them to win the game outright on the money line, or against the spread, you would have won either option, either bet. So keep it in mind to start betting on these Thunder games at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts, the best odds, lines, news, and scores than ever before. Check it out today, betonline.net, where the game starts.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at LL ThunderPod. Thank you so much for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube as well. So check it out today. Check out Lockdown Wolves as well. Again, very interesting team in Minnesota. Josh Giddy. Now we've seen the Thunder fan base get all up in arms, all crazy, all cuckoo about how SGA and Josh Giddy fit together, which I call premature just because, you know, you, you break it down. Josh Giddy has played now in 73 games. And that's not yet, of course, 82. That's not yet a full season of games. And of those 73 games, SGA missed, would you say, 40% of them at least? So that is by no means a big enough sample size to judge a pairing on, especially whenever we see a pairing right before our eyes in Boston, who were questioned all throughout their development, were questioned for years and years all while going to the Eastern Conference Finals. All while, of course, last year or this time last year, Boston was below 500. They go on a big second half run. They go to the freaking NBA Finals, and now the now the Jays are inseparable. Now now the Jays are just uh, incredible. And even after they go to the NBA Finals, there was that rumor that Boston would trade you know Jalen uh, Brown for. Kevin Durant, whenever he demanded his trade. That, of course, didn't happen, but that was one of the rumors. So the point being, we see these pairings in the NBA all the time take time to actually work out, and so we shouldn't judge it on less than a full season's worth of games. And in this game, SGA gets his buckets, 33 points and 6 assists, 3 steals, a block on defense, uh, playing really good defense on that end of the floor. And then we saw Josh Giddey get 21 points, 7 assists, 12 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks, went 2 for 3 at the free throw line, made 3 triples. Josh Giddy made three threes, going 3 for 7. And while going 3 for 7 from behind the arc, he shot 50% from the floor. This was the perfect Josh Giddy game. Played nice defense, got his rebounds, dished out his assist, and then offensively as a score, it was only threes and shots at the rim. That was all it was. He had three made threes, one at the top of the key, uh, one in the slot, and one in the corner. The rest of his shots were at the rim, and that's how he got the 21 points. And the shot in the corner was a contested three that SGA actually set up for Josh Kiddie, trusting him to shoot that three, and he buried it, and it kind of was the cheery on top of uh, this, like, 25 to 22 to 5 run that the Thunder went on. So that was great to see him and Josh Kitty playing off each other in that role. But these two guys worked out beautifully and you're starting to see a nice little core come together whenever you throw in Jalen Williams. 11 points all in the fourth quarter. Three assists, a steal, four rebounds, went one for three. I'm sorry, went one for one from three, four for six overall. He had the game-sealing charge. He is such a positive impact player as a rookie, which is almost impossible to do. He took over that fourth quarter. He dominated it. He hit a three in the slot. He had a shot at the elbow, he had a shot in the middle of the paint, and he had a shot at the rim. He can score at any level on the floor. He can score at any level you want him to. In the long mid-range, in the short mid-range, at the rim, at the three-point line. He can do everything on the floor. He can make these threading-the-needle passes like, as one of his assists to Kenny Hustle. I'm still, right now, not sure how that pass got through. He can playmake, he can score, he can defend, he can be an all-star in this league eventually. And I always have to remind you, or feel the need to remind you, Jalen Williams is a lottery pick. This wasn't some throw-in in the 20s or, or a 2nd round pick. Jalen Williams is a lottery pick. When you draft in the lottery, you hope that they can be an all-star, and in some slots you expect them to become an all-star. You got Jalen Williams at 12. At 12. This guy, is. it's not... It's not cuckoo to say he can be an all-star. Of course, not this year, but as he develops throughout his career and as he continues to progress, he's just got too many tools to fail. We can go back and forth, as I said before, if he makes an all-star or not, because we've seen with SGA how difficult it is to actually get into the all-star game. But he can play at that level. And at worst, he is, like his floor to me, Jalen Williams' floor to me, is a highly impactful rotational player for a playoff team. He does too many things really good as a rookie for me to believe he can for me to believe he do anything less than that because some of these skills you can hone in and develop to a higher stature, even if they all don't rise even if they don't if he, even if they all don't don't rise with his progression year over year as long as some of them do. he has so many of these attributes. he has so many of these things to pick from, so many of these things to develop the scoring inside-outside, the playmaking, the defense, you know, cutting off ball, he has screening, he has so many different ways to be a positive impact that some of it has to consistently work out. And maybe it all will, and that's where you get to the all-star territory. But Mark talked about it after the game on uh, Wednesday. He has legitimate, you know, all-star potential, and his defense is otherworldly potential. Uh, for, for his frame, for his uh, length, for his quickness laterally. He can just be such a good defender that you mix everything that he does offensively and you get a really, really good player. And so now you're putting together this core of, hey, Jalen Williams can do a lot. SGA is a superstar. You have Chet Holmgren in the, waiting in the wings. You have Josh Giddey who can do a lot. You have Lou Dort. Who had another good game, 18 points, three assists, four rebounds, a steal. He went three for four from three, 50% from the floor. Really impacted both ends. And what a turnaround he's had since his brutal start to uh, his season. But you're starting to compile a lot of these guys that you have a lot of of faith in that can potentially be really important and, 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 and impactful assets for you in the future. The Thunder are in such a good space, and having this offense, which has not been good, um, you know, it's not been as 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 talented you know, as the defense. The offense hasn't been go for 135 points and seeing these guys kind of fit together offensively was really cool. I mean, Jerry, Kenny Hustle, Lou Dort, Poku, all got in double figures. Of course, Josh Giddey, J-Dub, and SGA did as well. Jeremiah Robinson-Earl didn't have that three-point shot falling, which he typically has had following this season, but still got it done inside. Uh, SGA made a beautiful bounce pass uh, to Jerry, who was wide open uh, under the rim. But it it shows that SGA, of course, has improved his playmaking. He had two steals, two assists, seven rebounds, 14 points to Jeremiah Robinson-Earl. Pokashevsky also didn't have that three-point shot working, which he typically has had this year, shooting over 40% from three. But Poku made 12 points, Eight rebounds, and assist, 50% from the floor while going 0-3 for 3 from three. He had this smooth Euro step, made this behind-the-back pass to SGA, who scrambled over to get the pass and then uh, able to hit a mid-range shot at the baseline. It was awesome. that This game all came together offensively for Oklahoma City, and they really battled in the sense of they started out good for the first time in a long time uh, at a good start to the game. They never got down by more than seven points. They had energy all night, and they really played two different teams. Like it's incredibly hard to game plan. Okay, here's our Wolves game plan. All right, now we got to change it because Cat's out. So here's our new game plan. All right, middle of the game, you know, set, you know, nine nine minutes in, we've got to change it again because now Rudy Gobert's out, and the and the Timberwolves play like a whole different team. Like the Timberwolves play like a whole different team whenever they don't have Rudy Bear, and then whenever they don't have cat. And then now whenever they're just stuck with this, this fast small ball lineup that actually worked offensively to a huge degree going for 120 and uh, 28 points. Whenever we return though, we're going to talk about how the thunder won this game.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama
0: Oklahoma City saw 12 lead changes, nine times tied. The Thunder's biggest lead was 12 points. Minnesota's biggest lead was seven. The Thunder win 135-128. OKC lost the rebounding battle 52-48. to 48. OKC had two fewer turnovers. However, this was a very sloppy game turnover-wise. Like There was a moment in the third quarter where you could have just played hackety-sack over the entire quarter. Like It was you get a turnover, you get a turnover. Now I'm going to turn it over. Now you're going to turn it over. Uh, both teams had over 20 turnovers. Minnesota had 23, OKC had 21. But the Thunder did have 34 points off of turnovers. Minnesota had 29 points off of turnovers. The Thunder lost the points in the paint battle by two, 68-66. OKC lost second chance points 19 to uh, to 10, and then OKC lost fast break points 26 to 21. The Thunder here's where they kind of win this game. They had an outstanding, outstanding shooting night in this one. They shot 51 percent from the floor, 42 percent from three, and 80 percent at the line. Minnesota shot 52 percent from the floor, 33 percent from three, and 80 percent at the line. But for the, this Thunder team to shoot 42 percent from three, uh, a team that's that's abnormal that that's abnormal for this team to shoot that well from three, uh, they're going to win most of those games where they shoot that way. The Thunder had seven players in double figures. Another Ad morality, uh, and then. Anthony Edwards had 26, D'Lo had 27, and Minnesota had three or four double figures. OKC won the bet of the day, OKC plus five and a half. They also, of course, won the game outright, so one on the money line. The MVP of this game, look, you have to go Shea, but I, I'm going to give it to Shea and Giddy because that pairing has been in, under such scrutiny for uh, no reason in the sense of it's been too heightened Uh, over the course of their young careers, and they really gelled today, and it was a beautiful game plan uh, and a beautiful mix of them being staggered on and off the floor uh, opposite each other, and then also playing together and coming together at the end uh, and and pulling away late in this win against Minnesota. So that is your quick game recap against Minnesota. Uh, We're going to have a post-game podcast for every single game, and of course, a podcast Monday through Friday. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe wherever you use your podcast from, including on YouTube, and until tomorrow, Be good and be good to one another.
1: A Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.